Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Thank you for walking back this way to tune in to our special end-of-week episodes known as Friday Night Podcast here on Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master denizen of this here unlucky lounge. And if you can feel it, the excitement is in the air because it is time for a brand new draft format on Magic Arena. Yes, friends, it's time for us to get our first insight into Kaladesh Remastered. But I don't do this alone. I'm joined with me by my bear-tending buddy, the dude who will go with me on a journey to all ends of time and space. His name is Borok. Borok, I have to ask, are you speaking bear again, my friend? (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. We got into a pretty sticky situation earlier this week in another episode that we put out. Take a listen to it if you have yet to do so. Entitled, Borok and Cory Face Their Bogus Yet Totally Awesome Zendikar Adventure. It is one of my favorite journeys we've taken here thus far. But before you go and take a listen to that, let's dig into some housekeeping and get to some Kaladesh Remastered drafting. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, or wherever you download your audio goodness. Listen to their shows to help you keep those midday blues away. And we want you to get into the community building. Find us on socials, Draft and Draft Corey on YouTube or Twitter, Corey Damone Enriquez on Instagram, or if you feel like helping this podcast continue to grow, find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Throw a dollar our way every episode. It will help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. The show will always be free, but if you're getting some fun and you're getting some joy, think about helping keep this show rocking and rolling to you every week. Well, that's enough of the housekeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, which apparently now is also a time travel machine. I'm sure that will never come back into play, but I think... Let's stop talking about past episodes and get to this one. But as we are launched into the queue, we have to have a tradition, especially with a brand new limited format on Magic Arena. It's time for us to grab that celebration of you, be it a drink, be it a snack, whatever it is, sit back and relax. This is what we like to call the untapped step. Ah, with that drink, I am so excited to be bringing to you some exciting new limited action. Not, let's say, purely new to me. I played a lot of Kaladesh Limited back in my day, and I have to say, this is one of my absolute favorite limited formats of all time. It has such deep mechanics, it has such powerful cards, and I'm wondering how it holds up to contemporary limited formatting. Take, for example, if you go back and play Innistrad here today, you'll find that it's, well, maybe a little bit not as powerful as people find it to be, but Kaladesh is really a bit of a banner of a limited format, so 
We're going to figure it out as we dive into pick one, pack one. The standout cards, Gearshift Ace, the 2-1 first strike for two, that when it crews a vehicle, it gets first strike. I'm not excited by the vehicles, especially with no Renegade Freighter. This kind of boils down to a few green cards. There is a Narnum Renegade, a 1-2 Death Touch for one that revolts to get a pulse one, pulse one counter. But I think what I'm going to take is Thriving Rhino. It's a 2-3 for two and a green. You get two energy, and when it attacks, you can pay two energy to put a counter onto it. This is a great example of a card that you can lay down early, get ahead. There's also a Renegade map, which is nice color fixing and good for revolts, but Thriving Rhino is a pretty solid place to start. Uh, pick two, pack one. Well, all the uncommons here are quite gas. Visionary Augmentor, 2-1 uh, for 4, 2 white-white, that has Fabricate 2. There is an Armorcraft Judge, which is awesome with Thriving Rhino and keeps us in green, but there is Harness Lightning. This is one and a red for choose target creature. You can then pay any amount of energy. It generates three energy. And then Harness Lightning deals that much to that creature. This card is a grade A all-star of a limited card. You get to start to store up some extra energy, even if you only have to use like maybe one or two energy to kill a problematic creature. And it just fits so well into what I think green and red are going to be quite good at, generating a lot of energy and getting some solid board state. I would love to take this Armorcraft Judge and stay in green, but Harness Lightning was just an amazing all-star. So we're going to take that Harness Lightning quite happily. Uh, pick three, pack one. Uncommon's Ballista Charger. It's a 6-6 six, six for five that when it attacks, it deals one damage to any target. It is a vehicle, so it has Crew 3. Crew 3 is really a pretty large cost. Crew 2, you can reliably get one creature, but when you get Crew 3, sometimes you have to tap down more than one creature, which is a cost to pay. Uh, in green and red, we see a Druid of the Cowl, which is the 1-3 for 2. You tap and add one green to your mana pool. Live Fast is great. It is the read the bones of this format. Draw 2, lose 2, get 2 energy. Inspire Charge is excellent as well. I like it, especially in white decks. I don't know if I want to be there. It is double white. Uh, I think we're going to end up just probably taking this Druid of the Cowl. However, there is Chandra's Revolution. I actually did not see this card. Uh, it's 4 damage, target creature, tap target land, and that land doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. This card is very nice. It fits nicely into the damage curve. And from what I can kind of see, like tapping that land actually is quite significant. I didn't play too much of Aether Revolt. I played a little bit, not too much. But I think this card can do some good work. You curve one, two, three creatures, and then you cast that tap down their off-color land. It can do some good work. Okay, uh, pick four, pack one. Uh, Shrewd Negotiation, exchange control of target artifact you control uh, and target artifact or creature you don't control. Nice, I like it. It's quite good with servos, uh, but it ha does require a little bit of a setup. Uh, for other things that really kind of excite me, there's a Chandra's Pyrohelix. It's two damage divided as you choose amongst one or two permanence. I think I'm going to take this Prophetic Prism though. It's two colorless, ETVs draw a card, and then it filters for a color. The other choice to me would be Hunt the Weak, but I do like a Prophetic Prism. We're not committed to anything, and having this artifact that uh, can be a value piece for, say, Improvise, and we can potentially splash off color things, I like it. I'm in for it. Uh, pick five, pack one. Hijack? Okay, that's good for the black-red deck. It's the threatened effect of the format. One red-red, gain control of artifact or creature. Not bad. I don't think that's where we want to be. Clearly, we're not really in those colors. Green is really not showing up. I got a feeling the person to my right really took a, a good green card. There's Creepy Mold and Ornamental Courage, which is the one-cost trick. Not really into that card. We do see an Aether Swooper, though. 
I think blue's best pair is actually red, and we did pick up a prophetic prism. Uh, and this is the one-two for one and a blue. Uh, you get two energy when it ETBs, and then when it attacks, uh, you can pay two energy to make a closed servo. I think that we might try to lean maybe into this blue-red plan. I, I kind of like what it can potentially do, so I'm interested. Uh, pick six, pack one, Aether Trade wins. Not too bad. You can return a Prophetic Prism and a Problematic card on your opponent's side. Uh, the other strongest cards, Life, Craft, Calvary, Revolt to get two counters on a five drop and becomes a six, six with Trample. Not bad. I'm kind of interested, though, maybe in taking an early self-assembler. This is kind of an interesting plan here. So it's a four, four for five. It's an artifact creature. Uh, when it ETBs, you may search your library for an assembly worker creature card, reveal it, and put it in your hand. It itself is an assembly worker. I think there's one more in the set. I'm going to take this as a bit of a trying to maybe come up with a plan here. Uh, I'm not too sad about it uh, going into pick seven, pack one. Uh, we see a Gear Seeker Serpent. This card does enter the battlefield and wreck uh, what's going on for our opponents. And we are potentially going blue. There is a Salivating Gremlins. Another exciting card. We don't have something to actively make, say, a lot of uh, servos on, you know, a Fabricate ETB, uh, which I would prefer to do. Aether Sweeper doesn't quite get there. Okay, maybe we maybe we will take the Salivating Gremlins. Uh, I, I do want to be way more actively red, and I'm happy with that. We see another Gear Seeker Serpent. Just for clarity to all my listeners, this is a 5-6 for 5 colorless blue-blue. It costs one less for each artifact you control, and then uh, it has an activated ability of six to make it unblockable. This card is sneaky good. This has ended many games, both for and against me. Besides that, we have Reckless Fireweaver. It's a 1-3 for one and a red. When an artifact ETBs under your control, it deals one damage to each opponent. I think I'm going to take the Gear Seeker Serpent for now. I think I can find some Reckless uh, Firebrand a, a lot later. It's not really a high priority pick for me. Uh, in our table pack we do see the high spire artisan which i do like it's a zero three that has fabricate one and, and reach it does do a little bit of work i think man this really is kind of a, a weak pack there is a shipwreck moray it's a zero five for a three and a blue it gets four energy and then you can pay energy to like give it plus or minus uh, i'll take it um if only to try and get some energy focus going on here uh precise strike it's the red one drop trick there's a Fireforger's Puzzle Knot, but I'm going to probably either take this Revolutionary Buff, Counter Target Non Artifact Spell, and Control Base 2, but I'll probably end up taking this Thriving Turtle. This is a really like gut check pick. So the turtle is really cool. It, it ETBs, you get two energy when it attacks, you can put a counter on it by paying two energy. I remember in the original Kaladesh set, it did a lot of surprising work that you would be surprised that it does. Uh, we'll take a select for inspection here. One blue return target tap creature to its owner's hand. Scry one. It, it's an instant. Has some utility. Probably won't play it. But Thriving Turtle. This is going to be a card that I'm really going to check in on throughout the format as we draft and draft and draft more and more and more. But it can do some work and it can be kind of impressive. When you put a single counter on it, it does become the Horn Turtle and then it just keeps growing from there. Uh, we'll take a Weld Fast Wingsmith. It's a 3-3 for... Uh, three and a blue. When an artifact ETBs under your control, it gets flying until end of turn. Oh, we tabled another Gear Seeker Serpent. We got a plan now. We have a plan. We want to produce as many artifacts out of extra uh, utility that we possibly can. So we might even take like a uh, a Cogworkers Puzzle Knot. It is the white Puzzle Knot that produces two artifacts. I might just take that. 
This is kind of one of those sneaky things where synergy overtakes a normal card's power level. So Cogworker's Puzzle Knot, it's two colorless and makes a 1-1 one, one servo, and then at six around you can sack it for white and make another one. Right now we firmly feel like we're red-blue, and I'd be surprised if we move away from those colors throughout the rest of the draft. But the fact that it's one card that makes two artifacts, blue-red is the improvise color pair and we already have a gear seeker serpent in our deck two of them we can parlay making multiple artifacts and taking a card that might have slight disadvantage and leverage it into something a little bit greater than the sum of its two individual parts plus we do have this prophetic prism we can use it to make some white and then make an additional servo who knows anyway let's go to pick one pack two. Oh. This is what we call an easy pick. Torrential Gear Hook is in the pack. It's a 5 6 for 6. Four blue blue. It flashes, and then when it ETBs, you can cast an instant card without paying its mana cost from your graveyard and then exile it. We already have uh, Chandra's Evolution and Harness Lightning. That's sweet. And it's not outside the realm of possibility for us to maybe pick one or two more up. There's also a Maverick Thopterus in this pack. If we table this, we know we're in the right colors. Oh, please. Let me table this on day one of Kaladesh drafting. It's not fully out of the realm of possibility, Borok. Blue-red does have actively, actively good uncommon payoffs, and I'm sure the people at this draft table know that, but Torrential Gear Hulk is just an amazing card, and I'm so excited to play it. Going into pick two, pack two, we do see an Imperial Voyager. I like it. We can splash it potentially with a prism. We're not in green as our main color, so I'm a little less excited for it. However, there is a fabrication module. This is an artifact that costs three. Whenever you get one or more energy, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Then you pay four and tap it, you get an energy. Now, this is the worst of the two modules, particularly in my colors. When we're in green, I, I kind of like Fabrication Module a little bit better. I prefer Decoction Module if I'm in this blue-red deck. That costs two. Um, it says whenever a creature ETBs, you get an energy, and then you can pay four to tap it and return a, another creature to your owner's hand. Uh, I'll probably end up taking this Fabrication Module, though. It does have an like a engine kind of feel to it. Aether Chaser is the other card. A little bit better when we are more in the aggressive build. And considering that we're going later, I'm kind of down for taking something that can start to sustain some continuous growth on our side of the table. Ooh! We just found another Maverick Thopterist. Celebrate indeed. Wow. This card is amazing. Let me just read it for you. Three blue-red. It's a 2-2 two -two that has improvised. So you can... Uh, tap artifacts to make it pay for an additional colorless off the card. When it ETBs, you make two Thopter artifact creature tokens that have flying. This is great. Unfortunately, there are two very good red removal spells, Welding Sparks and Chandra's Revolution, but Maverick Thopterus is just gas. Straight gas. We have to take it. Uh, pick two, pack four. There is a Minister of Inquiries, so this is the 1-2 for 1 blue. When it ETBs, you get 2 energy, and then you pain energy, and you mill 3 cards. What's unique is like when you get to a certain place, you're just going to take any energy-producing cards that you can. The Z resource of energy in this set is just so fascinating to play with. I don't think we want to take it, though, over our second Chandra's Revolution. Uh, and just a quick correction from before, Chandra's Revolution is not an 
instant it is a sorcery. So that's just something I should really pay attention to. So we only have one payoff right now for our Torrential Gear Hulk. Maybe we can find a couple more. It's not outside the realm of possibilities. But we will take the second Chandra's Revolution. Uh, going into number five, uh, pick five. This is now where we're going to find our Cogworkers Puzzle Knot. We talked about this pick before, and this is where I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. A 1-1 one, one for two that leaves behind an artifact that is mostly blank. We do have that Prophetic Prism, like we talked about. It is a bit of a kind of renegade pick. I don't think I'm losing too much with the other cards in this pack. There really isn't much of anything. However, if the synergy of these improvised cards that I'm finding, the two serpents that we already have, and maybe if we can find one or two other improvised uh, payoffs, this will actually be a card that pays off in spades. And who knows, maybe we'll table that second Maverick Thopterist. Uh, who knows? I'm excited. We're going to give it a try. Rolling the dice. Uh, pick six, pack two. Since we're really devoting ourselves to the artifact stuff and the energy stuff, we're getting good en uh, engines for that. We're looking for payoffs for it. We do have an uncommon vehicle, the Oval Chase Dragster. It's a 6-1 for four. has Trample and Haste with Crew 1. It's nice, but we'll, we're going to take this uh, Aether Theorist. It's a 1-3 for one to blue. It ETBs, and you get three energy. You can pay one, and you can scry one. It's a nice little piece in the energy things that we're doing right now and is going to follow up nicely with Aether Chaser. This is the 2-1 that we passed before for two first strike. You get two energy when it ETBs, and then when it attacks, you may pay an energy. If you do, you create a 1-1 servo. It's nice with the fabrication module. We're really starting to make a plan here. There's another prophetic prism, but I'd rather just have the solid creature. And you know, if we put a counter on it with the fabrication module, it's pretty good. For pick eight, there's still a red uncommon left in the pack, Siege Modification. It's an aura that makes your vehicle into a creature, and then creature or vehicle gets plus three, plus zero. Oh. It's not what we're trying to do whatsoever. So we'll take a Dukara P-Fowl. It's a two, four for four. Blue to activate, give it flying. It's fine, and we do want more artifacts in our deck. Whoa! Oh my science, we tabled the Maverick Thopterist. <laughs> I should have listened to you more. You were right. We tabled it. We did it. Wow. Okay. I'm very happy we took that Cogworks Workers Puzzle Knot. We're going to now follow up with our first Aether Trade Winds. Nice with the, the Puzzle Knot and the Turtle and the Prism and our ETB energy effects. This card is going to do some work. I think I'm very happy to play at least one copy of Aether Trade Winds. Oh, and FYI, Aether Trade Winds, two and a blue instant. Return target permanent you control and target permanent you don't control to their owner's hands. And that's with our ETB effects we got going on. Uh, we'll take our third, Chandra's Revolution. Interesting that we got that on the wheel. So clearly we're in the right colors with blue-red as we go to garbage time here in pack two. Uh, pick up a ruinous gremlin. Interesting. Uh, it's a 1-1 one, one that you can sack to destroy another artifact. And Tezzeret's Touch is the last pick out of this pack. We've already got a Prophetic Prism. Maybe we splash this card? Uh, I don't know, but super interesting that that came so late. Well, let's go to pack three, pick one. Uh, in the rare slot, it's Wildest Dreams. Then we have uh, Restoration Specialist, which is a Revolt White card. Uh, underhanded Designs, I like this card. Super cute, uh, but it's a black enchantment. When Artifact ETBs, you can pay one, and then you drain, and then you can sack it after you have three, uh, after you have two more artifacts, and you can destroy target creature. It's actually really, really nice in the, in the, the blue X artifact builds. For our pick, we've got Aether Chaser or Sweatworks Brawler. 
Sweltworks Brawler is a 3-3 for 3 and a red, but has Improvise and Menace. I think we take this. I'm super curious. We are starting to get some solid, like, servo payoffs. Maybe this card has a really nice place in our deck, and we might actually be able to table the other potential pick for us, which was Aether Chaser. I do like it. I'm... I'm, I'm excited. Uh, pick two, pack three. We do have an on-color dual land in Spire Bluff Canadal. It's the rare one. It's the fast land. It's pretty okay. Um, for commons, we have a Thriving Turtle, the second one. We do have a, a Nimble Innovator, but I'm not too happy about it. But there is a Scrapper Champion. It's 2-2, two, two, double strike for three and a red. When ATBs get two energy, when it attacks, you may pay two. If you do, you put a counter on it. I don't know if this card is great in all the decks. In fact, it might not be good in a number of decks, but we do have a Fabrication Module. We have a lot of energy output. This might be the kind of payoff that we're looking for. Uh, going into pick three, pack three, we see another Siege Modification. We just have no actual vehicles, so it's just not really worth it. There's an Ice Over, which I think is nice. Enchant an Artifact or Creature. Enchanted Permanent doesn't untap during its untap step. That's actually pretty good pretty good so i think we're gonna end up taking that just as a way of getting solid removal in our deck besides that there's a tezzeret's ambition draw three if you control no artifacts you discard a card for five as a sorcery uh i think we just take the ice over uh pick four pack three well fast monitor it's a three two for three actually does some work uh you pay a red it gets menace we're a little bit more on the aggressive side as things are developing there's another gear seeker serpent i think i don't really want to take a third one there's Another Chandra's Revolution, which I know I'm not going to play four of those, but the fact that there are just so many here has me a bit sus. Like, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical. I think I'm going to take the Wolfast Monitor. We could take another Sweatworks Brawler, but we have one, and I'd rather just have a few more artifacts just to kind of smooth out all of those artifact payoffs that were slowly accruing here. Onward to our next pick, uh, Spireside Infiltrator. 3-2 for two and a red. When it becomes tap, it deals one damage to each opponent. There's another Revolutionary Rebuff. Tar counter target non-artifact spell, unless it's controller base two. I don't think it's very good. Uh, we're going to take, though, this Metallic Rebuke. It's the other counter spell with Improvise. Counter target spell, unless it's controller pays three. I like this. This is nice. There are two different uh, uncommon two-color cards here. Tesseract's Touch and Renegade Wheelsmith, both outside of our color pie. So we're going to take the Improvised Color Spell. N not, not too shabby. Whoa. Era of Innovation. This is one of the more interesting energy engines in the set. It says, whenever an artifact or artificer enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one. If you do, you get two energy. Then you can pay six to sack it and draw three cards. It's a slow card, but this is real energy gas. And I think we actually are getting to a place where we're very happy to get that draw spell and also get some additional energy payoffs for what our deck is trying to do here. Uh, pick seven, Servo Schematic, when an ETBs are put into a graveyard, you make a 1-1 colorless servo creature token. So it's another two artifact card for one card. With our double Gearseeker Serpent, I think it's actually pretty good. I don't, we don't have any ways to stack it. Besides that, it's a Prophetic Prism for a pick. Uh, I think I'm just going to take the Servo Schematic. We're not sacking artifacts and not really leaving the battlefield, but we're going to take it because it's got two artifacts and one card. Why not? Next pick. Uh, we see a Workshop Assistant. Uh, not great. And... Also, it's sad that the self-assembler that we got isn't going to really pay off for us, but hey, that's okay. Uh, cathartic Reunion's in this pack. I do like a Cathartic Reunion. Uh, it's a sorcery, so it doesn't work with the Torrential Gear Hulk. Uh, besides that, there's really not much left, so I'll, I'll take the Cathartic Reunion uh, and not be sad about it. It might actually make the deck. We'll see. 
Implement of Examination is in this uh, table for us. So I didn't mention it before because it's quite slow, but we'll end up taking it for some card draw, but we'll probably not play it. It's three colorless for an artifact. You pay a blue, sack it, draw a card, and when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you draw another card. It's a really slow uh, card draw spell that I just don't think we want to necessarily play in our deck. Uh, another one is in the pack. There's a Malfunction. Uh, I don't know if we're going to take that or Ice Over in our actual build. Interesting choices, really. Uh, we'll take it. Besides that, there's nothing else in the pack for us. We did not table uh, the second Aether Chaser, which is sad. We'll take the second Aether Trade Winds. Maybe we'll play that. Uh, it is possible, but we have now uh, made it to garbage time. Oh, another Sweatworks Brawler. Whoa. We might actually be able to take advantage of the, the two different double artifact things in our, our four, six, seven improvised payoffs. Whoa. This is going to be an example of one of these decks that we're going to have to buckle down and just really see what our game plan is and our best build is. We've got some gas. We've got some payoffs. I think this improvised deck might actually be able to get there. So we will be back in a second. Friends, get a second for yourselves. Think about this crazy draft that kind of came together here. What an exciting time. It's new draft format, friends. I will see you all in a few TikToks of the drafting clock. Stick around, my unlucky lounge rats. Welcome back, my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you refueled, refreshed, and it's good to see that you've returned here to talk about this red-blue energy artifact build that we had to put together. And I gotta say, it needed some time for consideration. The deck, from my point of view, just laying it out, had a lot of cuts to make. I started off on like 38 playables. But Swiftly and somewhat efficiently, I started to cut down cards that were only just, say, payoffs in marginable situations. Take, for example, the Swartwork Brawler, the Weldfast Wingsmith, and the Salivating Gremlins. All of those did not end up making the final cut. The reasoning for this is that it doesn't actually enable both of our win conditions and our strategies, that being energy and improvised payoffs, which means that early Sweatworks Brawler that we took in pack three was kind of foolhardy. I much would have preferred having a second Aether Chaser, but you live and learn. One thing, when we put these decks together, because there's so much dual synergy in the cards in Kaladesh, you really want those cards to be doing more than one function. That includes making energy or making artifacts. It's nice to have cards that are in column A, column B. One maybe is a payoff, one maybe is an enabler. But in Kaladesh, you really want your cards to be playing double purpose. You want to have the energy cards that can output servos for you. Works with both the energy cards in your deck and the artifact matters cards. Which is why getting, say, those Aether Chasers, Thriving Turtle. Did I say turtle? I meant turtle, of course. But when you have these cards that play dual purpose, that means you can have a deck that gets to run double Gear ser Seeker Serpents, or you can run your two Maverick Thopterists. You want to make sure that card does get, you know, cheaper. <laughs> you can play it for, you know, a 2-2 two, two on 5 that makes two artifacts, but you're gonna improvise it for less, and the sooner you get it out, the better. And I have found, in my experience, you want all these cards to work together in this synergistic manner. The cool thing is, red-blue 
is all about making artifacts and, of course, producing that energy. So you just kind of get these natural synergies just by drafting. But that's where we take the cards like the Cog Workers Puzzle Knot and, of course, the Servo Station, and we combine that with Aether Tradewinds, and we got some work going on. So, you know what? I think we could explain this deck to death, but I think it's time for us to get at it. It's time to get into the action. What do you say, Borok? You're right, my man. Too much blather makes Borok a dull boy. You're welcome, everyone, for the Shining reference. Let's get to the draft. Alright, friends. It's time to get back to Kaladesh. We're rolling this deck up. Let's go have some fun with some energy and some artifacts, y'all. Blue-red, we are going to be on the play. And we're going to open on a pretty decent hand here. Island, Island, Mountain, Aether Swooper, Aether Chaser, Fabrication Module, which is nice with those two cards, and then Tukara Peafowl. Easy keep. We get a nice curve, 2, 3, 4, and we get to make some additional value stuff off of what we're doing. I'm down to clown. Let's go. So we're going to roll out, I think, the Aether Chaser first. A 2-1 first strike for 2 is pretty hard uh, to deal with. And then we'll go into Fabrication Module, and then etc, 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 it's very hard to say. Uh, they go green, white, and play Wood Weaver's Puzzle Knot. I'm not all that impressed with this card. I mean, you gain 3 energy, you gain 3 life. But besides that, I, I'm not super impressed by the card, but, you know... I, I've been wrong about other things before in the past. It was definitely not that appealing in the original Kaladesh, like OG Kaladesh. But hey, c'est la vie, you live, you learn. Uh, we attack for two, make a servo, then we play the fabrication module. Next turn we get to play the Aether Super and do some work. Turn three, they play Malfist Revolutionary. It's a 3-3 three, three for one green-green trample 3-3. Three, three. When it enters the battlefield or dies for each counter on target permanent or player, you give that permanent or player another counter of that kind. How interesting. Spicy, I like it. Uh, what we are going to do, though, is we are going to play that Aether Swooper. Uh, we're going to put a counter on the Aether Chaser. Boom, and now we have a pretty decent swinger here. And then we're going to now have enough artifacts. We just drew an island on our turn. Uh, our hand is Gear Seeker Serpent, Gear Seeker Serpent. With this attack with our 3-2, we're going to make another servo, which is going to allow us next turn to start rolling out some Gear Seeker Serpents. So we've got a plan. Uh, step one is we need to make sure all three of these artifacts don't die, but I don't know if we can do anything about that. Oh, they follow up with another green uncommon, Pima Aetherseer. When it enters the battlefield, you gain energy equal to the greatest power amongst creatures you control, and then pay three energy to have target creature block this turn if able. Well... Yeah, it's a good card. There's no doubt that is a good card. We will see if maybe our early 5-6 for 4 might uh, disrupt that plan of theirs. Uh, we are going to attack for 4, though, with Aether Chaser and with the Aether Swooper. So not, not, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, and they let me stack both the triggers of the attacks, but I have no energy. What are you talking about, game? Come on. Can't do anything about that. So more than likely here, they're going to take their four, sure enough, and now we start playing some five sixes. Uh, ooh, they play a Ballista Charger. Wow. Okay, that that can do stuff against our stuff. Okay. 
So what we have to do now... Oh, they can crew. They can crew and block. Okay, that is that is quite good, actually. Um, I suppose what we have to do here is we have to keep Fabrication Module open to make an energy, and then if they want to lure with Pima Aether Seer, then I guess, you know, we'll have to block with the Gear Seeker Serpent, and then we can put an extra counter on it and let it live past a little bit longer. So I guess we'll, we're going to crack in the air. They'll, they'll take one, but now that this damage is happening, I think I'm thinking about this game wrong. I, they might have a 6-6, six, six and we'll have some 5-6s, but with Fabrication Module, we kind of get to go in the driver's seat. So we'll just, yeah, second main, cast the second Serpent. Now we can attack next turn, have Fabrication Module open, and they have to be active. I mean, I can just multi-block the Ballista Charger. They can start shooting down our servos, but it's probably better just to get another 5-6 down on the board. Okay. So if they really want to spend through their energy to force the Gear Seeker Serpent to block the Ballista Charger, then we probably just double block from there. And they play Arborback Stomper. This is the 5-4 for 5 ETBs and they gain 5 life. They have gained a lot of life this game. So Puzzle Knot has done some work. There, There is no doubt anymore it has done some work. Uh, and we're, we're staring down a, a couple big boys. What are they going to choose to do with it, though, is a, a relatively reasonable question. I'm guessing they're not going to attack this turn. And I am right. They do not attack. Uh, they are tapped out. They've got 5-4, 3-2, and a 3-3. Three, three. They can still crew that Ballista Charger whenever they want. So I guess maybe I'm still supposed to swing. Then I can activate the Fabrication Module which will allow me to put a counter on the Gear Secret Serpent, so they really can't tangle with any of our creatures well without a double block. And the fact that they're tapped out is a pretty decent reason to do it. So, yeah, let's uh, let's start to bring the house, as it were. So attack with our 2-5-6 and the 1-2 in the air. Now, if they want to activate the Ballista Charger, they can, and will gladly trade either of my Gear Seeker Serpents. To get rid of that 6-6. Six, six. Alright, so our opponent decided to double block one of our 5-6s with the 5-4 and the 3-3. Three, three, and then the crude Ballista Charger is blocking our second Serpent. I think this is a wrong block for our opponent. Because we can just activate the Fabrication Module and put a counter on the 5-6 that's being blocked by the 6-6. Six, six, and we just get a free kill on that charger. We'll certainly lose one of our serpents, but I think we're in the right for this attack and this exchange. Granted, Gear Seeker Serpent is a really strong card for us, but I think the fact that we powered it out early is forcing our opponents to deal with it, because I guess they probably don't have any removal in their hand right now. So we got rid of their Ballista Charger uh, and their 5-4. We still have our Gear Seeker Serpent. It's 6-7 now. Run out this prism, draw a card, uh, netted an energy, got a damage in. They have, you know, three cards to our Dukara Peafowl and our Cogworkers Puzzle Knot that we just drew. But with the Fabrication Module, we're going to have some eventuality. But I'm sure they're building up to something big here. Uh, they play their own Cogworkers Puzzle Knot. Nice. They're going to be able to make two uh, tokens off that. And they play Pima Outrider. Pima Outrider might just be one of the best green comments. A 3-3 for 4. It has Trample and Fabricate 1. So you either get a 4-4 with Trample or a 3-3 and a 1-1. Either way, it's class. It's real class. Alright, so 
we're back to the question of what are we going to do with all of these creatures. So, they've got five, eight. We could, we can just like probably swing with a bunch of stuff and then let them do the math. This feels like a math is for blockers. So let's go ahead and we're going to attack with our... Eh, maybe we'll just hold back the 6-7 for now. Let's let it grow. It's probably just going to be the best creature on the board. But if... No, no. We're, we're going to bring the pain. I think the best thing we can do is keep their creatures off the board. Green-White just wants to have that stuff. And I'm very okay with not letting them have that stuff. And in order for them to really kill our things, they got to make some two-for-ones. And I'm okay with that in this game state. Another thing about Kaladesh, you get really complicated board states. So yeah, they're going to block with their 3-3, three, three, their 3-2, three, and the other 3-3 three, three to get rid of the Gear Seeker Serpent. Probably right for them. Uh, I can get rid of two of them regardless. So we're going to start to grow our Flyers and our Aether Chasers doing some work. We're still getting in four points of damage. Yeah, alright. So this is pretty okay. Let's get rid of the 3-2 and the 3-3 three, three that has the pseudo proliferate trigger and grow our one two flyer so we get some good evasion going on and i feel like i got ahead on this attack i mean i certainly lost a gear seeker serpent uh and that might be costly but i i still think it was probably right maybe this is a situation down the line i uh, made a real foolhardy choice here but i still have a puzzle knot and a dukara peafowl so i still have some Pretty decent uh, gas to keep things going. Plus, with the Prophetic Prism that we played last turn, we can still sack the Cogworkers Puzzle Knot and make the second uh, Servo Token. So the the contingency that we thought is actually going to work. I'm not sad about that. So on their turn, they attack with the Pima Outrider. Eight energy on their board. Uh, they have both Puzzle Knot and, well, other Puzzle Knot, the green and the white ones on their battlefield. This attack seems kind of bold for them. I mean, I think I'm just going to take three. I'm at 17. I'll go to 14. What I do need to keep track of is them having a large number of creatures because there's a couple good anthems in this format. Inspire Charge is very good in Kaladesh with the number of servos being thrown around there. So just really got to pay attention to the number of creatures and damage output. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna start bringing some pain here. Uh, so we're gonna attack with the three two and the two threes. And you know what? I, I think I'm gonna attack with the other creatures too. Like like I said, we want to avoid them having more creatures. So if that means they throw some things under the bus and we kill that, so we can remove the anthem as a win con for them, I'm all down for that. Yeah, Borok, we are in the driver's seat. We need to start acting as such. So, well, I think the deck heard you as well, Borok, because even before the swing, we drew our Mavic Thopterist, and we're just going to crack with everything sideways, and we can still run that out, plus our Dukara Peafowl, because I can tap the Fabrication Module and the Prism, and I've just turned all these random artifacts into Monorocks. Oh, the, the Cogworkers Puzzle Knot too. Oh my gosh, so even after attacking with six creatures, I still get to play Thopterist and Peafowl and make four additional creatures this turn? Gosh, the rich just keep getting richer, and that rich person is me right now. Well, this is a particularly weird attack. They just attack with a Singleton Servo. Oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll block with my Maverick Thopterist. They probably have something with Revolts, is my guess? Maybe that would be a consideration for me to not block here. But this is going to be a good lesson here. Yeah, so they play Lifecraft Cavalry. So now they have a 6-6 six, six for 5 uh, with Trample. Got two counters because they revolted, but we just drew Aether Trade Winds, which I think is just about going to seal this game up here. 
Uh, we can attack with everything. We can bounce their 6-6 six, six here. So I think what I'm going to do is I will uh, probably just bounce the Maverick Thopters to make more uh, more flyers. And I mean, flyers are going to be the way that we win this game anyway. So let's go ahead and uh, get a Maverick Thopters back to our hand and return their 6-6 six, six for 6. You know what's really funny is when you bounce a thing with Revolt, you know it's there, and you can also avoid getting that trigger again. That feels pretty good with Aether Dread Winds. Well, let's activate our Dukara Peafowl. Now we have a 2-4 Flyer, and we're just going to tap everything sideways. Our opponent can deal with all of this however they want to, but I think we're in a pretty commanding position right now, all things considered. Our big attack, they're going to chump block one of our 3-2, our 3-2 first striker, and they're also going to get a free block on one of our servo tokens. This attack puts them at one. They're going to draw a card. I think we got this one. Yep, there it is. Their Sahili Rai avatar explodes into dust, and we get to pick up our first win in Kaladesh Remastered Drafts. Ooh, it always feels good when you get your first win in a new format. It just kind of shakes the cobwebs off, and what nostalgia these cards had for me. It was so nice to play with energy again, and can't wait to see how the rest of this deck plays out. Uh, but, in the meantime, I should leave all of you to get a chance to get your hands on these sweet, iconic, limited cards, because this episode, friends, it's wrapping up. So do us a kindness and find us on our socials. On Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. On Twitter and YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey, and visit our Patreon. See if you like some of those tiered benefits. You can find it directly into the URL, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. And if you get a second, take a second to like, share, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcast. It will help us grow. But in any case, it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside the wonderful bear tender known as Borok. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of Draft and Draft Friday Night Podcast. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.